Hello and welcome to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're a startup church we just planted in September 2020. And at the Kalamazoo Church, we believe that Christianity is done best when it is done together. And so if you live in the Kalamazoo area, we would love to connect. Be it coming to a Sunday service, one of our small groups, or even just grabbing coffee with a member to learn more. You can visit kalamazoo.church in order to do that. We pray that you are inspired by what you hear today. There's not a lot of people watching online because there's so many people here, which is super encouraging. But there are some people watching online. Like my mom is watching. And I saw Stephanie Bunker. Angelo's mom is watching. This is a little awkward. Uh, It's pointing the wrong way. We'll do it like that. Get out your Bible or your Bible app or whatever you use to read the scriptures. We are going to look at three stories from the Bible today. They're, They're relatively short, and yet, I'm telling you right up front, they are so dense. You've probably heard sermons preached on one of these, and we're not going to do that today. We're going to, we're going to try to just touch on it. We're going to show you a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here, and then wrap it all up for us today. So go to Matthew. They're all in Matthew. We're going to be talking about an incomparable faith. Incomparable. Some people pronounce it incomparable. What it means is that it's just so like big and extravagant, like it doesn't compare to other things. And that's, That is what I'm going to try to talk about. An incomparable faith. And yet, what we're going to look at is there's a lot of comparing and comparisons that go into having an incomparable faith. And hopefully that makes sense by the end. So, go to Matthew 8. I'm going to read this story. We're not going to dissect any of these stories. Okay? We're just going to read them. And I'm going to touch on something and move on. Matthew 8, starting in verse 5. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna keep walking closer to you guys as it goes, which which everybody at home is gonna hate, but I, I don't like standing back here. So maybe we could be up here. <laughs> Matthew eight five. It says, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, Shall I come and heal him? You don't get. That's like a zero barrier of entry. Like He's like, hey, someone's sick. Jesus is like, do you want me to come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one come, and he comes, and I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Now, this is interesting to me because this is one of the verses where someone does something and Jesus stops and says, hey guys, do you see what we just saw? That was faith, what you just saw. But it's strange because when I read that story, if I were to take faith out and if I were to say, Truly I tell you, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great blank. 
I might not pick faith. I might pick a different word. I'd be like, man, this guy understands humility. He said, I don't even deserve to have you in my house. He understands authority. He, he launches into this little thing. He's like, I don't have you. You can just say he'll be healed and he'll be healed. And then he goes into this talk about soldiers. He's, he understands like submission. He's an amazing example of boldness and trust. His servant was obviously fine at some point, but now he's paralyzed. You don't hire paralyzed people to, to work in your household. So at some point he was fine, maybe through a disease, maybe through a tragedy, like an injury. Now he's at home and this guy feels for him and he goes to Jesus. He talks about authority. And Jesus says, guys, do you see what happened? This guy has faith. Now, when I think about the centurion, like he knew that there was something he could do, come to Jesus. And then there was something that he could not do, heal his servant. And so he comes, he's standing between, he's got a, a role in this, so I'm the centurion. And over here, you have the, paraly- the, the, the disease, the paralysis of my servant. And over here, I have this guy that everyone says can heal people. And so now we have this little triangle going on. And, and what's awesome is that he understands his place in this. That he is not bigger than this disease that the, that the man, that his servant has. The paralysis. I am powerless. I'm completely useless here. I'm 100% inefficient, ineffective at doing anything in this situation. I am nothing. And he even says that to Jesus. He's like, I don't even deserve to have you in my house. But here, so he understands that he's small. And he understands that disease is big. But here's where it really comes into play. He understands that Jesus is bigger. And so you have this like, here's my problem. I know that where I am, and I know where you are. And we have our Lord. Compared to the disease, my Lord is bigger. Compared to the disease, I am powerless. And Jesus says, I haven't found anyone in Israel with this much faith. And yes, did he believe? Because that's what we think of when we think of faith. That he believed that Jesus would heal him. And that's true. He believed I'm, I'm, I want to point out that he started talking about authority and about this interesting power structure going on. In this equation, I am a nobody, but that doesn't matter. What matters is that you are bigger than this disease, Jesus. And there, and again, there was something he could do, which was go to Jesus, and there was something he could not do, heal his servant. Go to Matthew 15. We're going to look at this. We did this at uh, Campus Devo. Everybody knows um, I, this is one of my favorite passages. This is like my hero in the faith right here. Matthew 15, 21. We're going to talk about the Canaanite woman. Leaving that place, Matthew 15, 21. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, 
I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat from the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. Guys, I could talk for an hour just on this woman. She is like my hero. I want to be like her when I grow up. But she has a problem. Her daughter is demon-possessed. Not only that, she is a, she is a non, she's a Canaanite woman. She's not part of the children of Israel. And she is going to go against all of those things stacked against her and make it all the way to the rumored Messiah and present, present her request. So not only is she powerless against the, the demon possession, she's powerless against the whole social structure of her day. And, and she comes to Jesus and again, she knows her place in this structure. There are some things that she can do, which is come to Jesus, even though, man, that was hard. And then there's some things that she cannot do. Get Help this demon, help her daughter, who's demon-possessed. And so she sees herself accurately. I am 100% powerless against this problem in my life. I have no ability, I have no power, I cannot solve my own problems, but I know that you're bigger. Yeah, for sure. And, and Jesus even, I, I want to believe that Jesus loved this woman from the beginning and he, he said this to prove a point to everyone else because he said, it's not right to give the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. And her answer I don't think anyone in this room is humble enough to say what she said. Which is, I will be a dog if it means I get a crumb. And Jesus is like, woman, again, if you were to take out faith and put in a blank there, would I, would I call that interaction faith? I'd be like, man, I've never seen anyone with as much humility. I've never seen anyone with as much boldness. I've never seen with anyone a submission or trust or anything like that. And Jesus is like, yep, we could, in, in my, where I come from, we call that faith. And so the woman is lifted up as having great faith. And she knew, I can't solve my own problems. But I'm down here. My problems are bigger than me, but you are bigger than my problems. I'm a nobody, but that doesn't matter. What matters is that you are bigger than both of the things that I'm trying to fight right now. And again, there were some things that she could do, come to Jesus, and there's some things that she couldn't do, heal her daughter. Last one. And then I'm going to try to tie all this together. Matthew 14. Go back a chapter. Matthew 14, starting in verse 25. Again, you've probably heard many sermons just on this one passage. This is Jesus walking on water. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. 
But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, why did you doubt? All right. So we've got two instances of, of, of Jesus saying, this is amazing faith. And then we've got one where Jesus is like, not so much. And I want to explore what's different. And again, if you just think of faith as belief, you can, you can draw these conclusions. They make sense. But I want to dig into something a little bit more abstract that I think can help us. Because if I stand up here and say you guys have to believe more, that's not going to help you. Okay? Peter walks on water, and then he sinks. He sees himself. Again, we have that same triangle. I'm here. I'm Peter. And now there's a wave, and there's Jesus. And he made the mistake that the centurion and the Canaanite woman did not make. Because them, they were small. They were insignificant. They were powerless compared to their problems. But Jesus was bigger. And then you think about Peter. And it's the, it's the one situation of these three where he's the one that's actually doing something. He is walking on water. And so as he sees the wave and he's like, oh my gosh. He doesn't compare it properly to Jesus. He doesn't see Jesus as more powerful than the wave. And at the same time, he may have not seen himself as 100% useless. What do I mean by that? When he stepped out, did he, did Jesus give him the ability to walk on water? Or did Jesus maybe just like keep him from sinking into the water? And I know that's a very strange question, but think of it this way. Did, did Peter just need to practice more at walking on water? Did he need to get in some reps so that he's better at walking on water? Man, if, I, if only I was better at walking on water, I wouldn't be sinking right now. He's like, man, I need to do a better job, which means I need to be bigger than this wave. I need to be able to like walk around here and dance like nothing's a problem. Guys, people can't walk on water. He should have realized like, man, I need to realize that I have zero power here. I'm 100% useless. There's nothing I can do to increase my odds of walking on water. The only thing I can do is see that Jesus is with me. And Jesus is more powerful than these waves. I don't need to be afraid. but we are much more like Peter than the centurion or the Canaanite woman. There was something he could do, come to Jesus. And there was something he could not do, walk on water. He could not walk on water. He, he, his only chance was to appeal to the, the power that was Jesus on, on the lake. And I know a lot of you as kids, maybe you're like standing on the edge of the pool like, I'm going to do this. I'm walking on water right now. How did that work out for you? Because you, unless it's frozen, 
But because you were trying to psych yourself up because that's how you defined faith in that moment. Like, I just need to believe that I can walk on water. I'm powerful. I'm bigger than this water. Do it. And they're like, if only he were better, if only he were something, some fill in the blank, if only he were, then he wouldn't have sunk. Then he would have. It's not, it's not that he needed to realize I'm insignificant here. If it's not for Jesus, I'm drowning in this lake right now. But what about you? And this is where we're going to, I'm going to try to keep it quick. Do you see your problems, yourself, and your Lord in proper perspective? Do you see your problems, your, like, yeah, don't be so quick to say yes to that that question. Here's another way to put it. What am I practicing in my, in my spiritual life? What am I practicing in my faith? Am I practicing walking on water or am I practicing being a dog at the master's table? And some of us are practicing walking on water and we're not practicing being a dog at the master's table. I'm talking about humility, submission, authority. The things that Jesus saw in people and was like, that guy gets it. And I'm going to slap a big fat label on that called faith. Learn from him. Am I spending all my time and energy being a better Christian or a more humble Christian? I'm going to put better Christian in quotes, okay? And that's, again, it's, it's, it's Peter on the, on the water. It's like, man, if only I could improve in some way, then I would conquer this. And this is a little more nuanced, and I want to take a little bit of time to, to just find, find, you know, print this. I'm not saying that there's nothing you can do. On each of these three th- people, I said, hey, there's something you can do, they could do, and there's something they could not do. Yeah. So let's take some of the problems that we might be dealing with. Let's maybe take, um, I wanted to talk about relationships. Some of us suffer from or are in the midst of Broken relationships. And, uh, we, you know, I've had this talk with so many people that, guys, there is, there is a void in our hearts where we don't feel worthy. We don't feel loved. We don't feel like, like we're whole until that void is filled and we, we look around and we're like, who can fill this void? And we grab the nearest person and say, you'll make me whole. You'll make me feel special. And that is a problem that is plaguing our whole world and has for generations and generations. And and honestly, I'm going to say that problem is bigger than us. If you are chasing a relationship and you think that this person is going to heal you, make you feel special, make you whole, that is not true. And, And now, is there something you can do in relationships? Yes. Here's some practicals. You can work on communication. You can work on... You know, you know, being, standing on your own two feet, you can work on, there's things that you can do to help your relationships. But then there's some things you cannot do. And you need to understand that humility is one of the most important things I, I, I would ever encourage someone to practice in a, in a relationship. But are, there are people who are walking away from God every day after another human being because they don't see God as more powerful than their problem. 
What about, I'm going to just lump this all into money, okay? We're going to talk about money. That goes, that goes to like finances, like your money, but it also goes into greed and materialism, which is the money you don't have. But we do all sorts of harmful things to ourself and our, our faith and our relationship with God, chasing things. And we think, man, there's this void. And if only I, I did this, then I would, then I'd feel better about myself. I'd feel whole. I'd feel like I'm not, I'm not a loser. And this destroys people's faith. And there are things you can do. You can work on getting disciplined. You can work on, like, you know, setting up a budget and all that. There's lots of good things you can do to help with your money situation. But there are some things that you need to go to God for and start realizing that you are small. And maybe your, your problem is bigger than you. And then lastly, I just want to talk about anxiety. And I'm just going to lump, there's a lot of words we could use to kind of put in parentheses after that. But I'm just going to talk about just general anxiety that I can't handle the state of the world the way it is right now. And it's going to crush me. This is Peter on the lake. And guys, this is why I, I, I don't want to say I hate, but man, I, I seriously don't like the Christian self-help books. Because it's all about becoming a better person who can walk on water. I'm going to build myself up so that I'm not afraid by the anxiety or, or all my failures or all my insecurities or all of those things. And I'm not. I need to be bigger. I need to feel better. And yes, there are things that you can do. But there's a lot that you just cannot do. But, but you don't have to be bigger than your relationship problems, your money problems, or your anxiety problems. You don't have to be bigger than all those things. But you do need to see that God is bigger than all of those things. And it's okay if you're not the guy that's trying to like psych himself up on the edge of the pool and only to know you're going to crash. So are you, are you practicing walking on water or are you practicing being a dog at the master's table? And even there's some of us, guys, this is like not the 4th of July sermon. Practice being a dog at the master's table. Like we're celebrating freedom. We're celebrating independence. We're celebrating you can't control us. Not in the kingdom we're not. In the kingdom, we celebrate like, God, thank you for letting me be born in a country that I can worship you without persecution. This, we have lots of things to be thankful for, 4th of July. It's great. But we can never decide we don't need to strive for humility. So what are the takeaways? What, if I'm giving you action items here, uh, you know, I, I would definitely say we need to spend a lot of time in prayer in this. Yes. We need to spend a lot of time talking to God about our relationship. You need to talk to God until he convinces you that he's bigger than your problems. Okay? And that's a good one. We need to pray. Guys, you need to read your Bibles. Two. You need to read your Bibles because you need the word of God in your heart to fight all the things that are coming at you. And, you know, you don't need it. You don't need it like... Like, you don't need to be able to quote the scriptures in the moment. But man, give the Holy Spirit some ammo. Okay. So that when you're struggling, you know, 
your relationship with God will be built on something. But if you don't read the Bible, if like if you never open up the scriptures, you never expose yourself to the word of God, then the foundation is very weak. But here's what I really want to encourage us to do. And this is probably how I've ended every sermon for the last year and a half. You have to have people in your life who you can talk to about this stuff. You have to have people in your life that know your problems, that know your waves, that know your your diseases and your demons, that know what you're going against. And you need to be able to talk about how you're doing. And is, do I see God as bigger than this problem? And sometimes our fellowship can be so, so surfacey that we can say that without believing it. Like, I know God is bigger than, you know, what's going on. But you need relationships where you can actually get real and admit when you don't believe that. And say, I am struggling to believe that God is bigger than this problem. Do you have people in your life that you can say that to on a, on a regular basis? Do you have people in your life then that can turn around and encourage you? Can help you see, like, man, you don't have to be the best, amazing, most everything. I still love you, even as you and I are just dogs under at the master's table. I love you for who you are, and I love that we serve a great God. Let me help you. Let's help our relationship with that. So we got to pray, we got to read our Bibles, but we got to have relationships where we can talk about this stuff plainly, honestly, very vulnerably. Amen? Amen. Guys, that is all I have for you this morning. I'm going to pray, and then Jen is going to do some announcements for the, for the dinner and everything. So, thank you. Let's pray, okay? Uh, God, thank you so much for being so much bigger than me that I... I want to just be a dog at your table. I want to just get the crumbs that fall from Jesus and his amazing power. God, uh, I, I don't need to be the world's best walker on water. Uh, but I do need to know where I fit in, in the scheme of things. And God, I just pray that I can have the faith of the centurion. I pray that I can have the faith of the Canaanite woman and that um, I'm striving after a relationship with you that is uh, constantly growing. God, thank you so much for all the people here. Uh, I, I definitely feel uh, their love for each other, the mutual affection and the fellowship, and I just pray that we can have an amazing day uh, encouraging one another, building one another up, serving one another, and loving one another. And it's all in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. If you're in the Kalamazoo area, we'd love to get connected. Please go to kalamazoo.church and fill in your information to come to a Sunday service or any other event that we have going on. In any case, you'll be hearing from us next week. Saving souls.